Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, we are loaded up tonight with a selection of our ninth annual Philly Press Box Hall of Fame voting. We're talking uh, the start of the NFL season. Uh, we're going to be making some fearless predictions. We have our annual Eagles preview with the voice of the Eagles, Merle Reese, and we've got Phillies to talk about as well. And we're going to talk about Aaron Nola, by gosh, and you're going to have to answer to it. We might even squeeze in some college football if time allows. We are loaded up. Well, speaking of college football, Bill, I'm just wondering, how many hours of it did you watch between Thursday and Monday? I'm guessing uh, quite a lot, some wild games, some great finishes. Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, I got a full 12 in on Saturday, no doubt, noon to midnight. Oh, my gosh. Uh, never never left the chair, actually. Uh, but but I will say I got up and got a bunch of stuff done in the 103-degree uh, Florida heat before 11 a.m. so I could get my shower and uh, – was sitting in my seat at, at uh, noon. But, man, what a what a good weekend to start the season off. Yeah, I'm sure you enjoyed it. That's right. Well, hey, we got a couple great guests joining us to cover all the football bases. As mentioned, Merle Reese will be joining us. And Betters Insiders Bob Vitrone Jr. Boop will be joining us again this year to make some weekly predictions and provide some good facts for the betters. Always look forward to the annual visit from Merrill Reese, Bill, to help us preview the Eagle season. And, yeah, we haven't talked to our old pal Boop in quite a while, so that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Absolutely. Hey, well, hey, let's get to it. Let's talk some Phillies baseball, Chet. Phil's coming off a miserable one-in-five road trip uh, out west. They're still in good shape for the playoffs after last night's win against the Marlins. Nice uh, ninth-inning walk-off and uh, – Hopefully you didn't hurt yourself too bad jumping off the bandwagon out west uh, and, and burying Aaron Nola. Sad for you, my friend. <laughs> all right, here we go. First of all, it was a great win to start off this week-long homestand against two of the NL East bottom dwellers. That was great to see. I'm going to give Aaron Nola some credit. He was terrific last night. The problem is it seems like it's every other game for him. One night he's real good. The next game he's not so good. I want to see more consistency from him. All I did last week was put up the stats, the facts. He is 9-14 and 14 over his career in September. Now, last night, of course, he should have gotten a win, but the bullpen you know, gave up a run, so he didn't even get a decision in that one. But he was terrific. I just need to see more consistency from him, especially down the stretch. Is he going to be you know, one game great, one game bad? No. They need him to have four or five great starts here in September. Well, see, the problem with your, your thought process is you were putting up September stats in August, and you were trying to say because he lost in August, he was going to stink in September. Come on, man. Was not you know, trying to say that. And, and you and all your, your other friends who are, are jumping off the bandwagon, now all of a sudden they're back on the bandwagon because we win one game. 
Come on, man. Okay, and, I was and, never off the bandwagon. But the and fact I will are, say this. I will they say lost this. five out of six on the West Coast to two under 500 teams, including Gabe Kapler's Giants. And they lost a game and a half. And they were still two games up in the wild card spot before last night, now three. And uh, you guys are acting like it's doomsday. Come back home, win the games. You'll be fine. And and not you. I'll give you this one. Uh, but it seems like the whipping boy of the week for a bunch of people I've seen on my social media is Reese Hoskins. He hasn't had a turn for a while, and it looks like uh, it's time to turn on Reese. Well, you know, he's not hitting. Uh, Castellanos is hurt now. Kyle Schwarber has done not a whole lot lately, just I think two home runs since early August. So he's in a bit of a slump. One thing in the Phillies' favor is that the Brewers stink. The Brewers lost again today, Bill. So yeah. now it's a three-and-a-half game Phillies lead, plus the Phillies have the tiebreaker. So, I mean, they may end up backing in if that is the case, but we'll take it, whatever it happens. But, yeah, the Brewers are not really providing a whole lot of competition for them right now. Well, the Brewers sold out. Yeah. I mean, they, they sold out at the trade deadline, and they were sellers instead of buyers when they were in the hunt. They were actually – in the second wild card spot at the trade deadline and traded their way out of the playoffs. I wonder what uh, the true baseball fans in Milwaukee are thinking about what's going on out there. They got to be furious. Oh yeah. I think, you know, we actually brought that up a couple of weeks ago when it happened. Like how, how can you even be a fan out there when, when the team doesn't care, you know, I mean, I, I get it. Maybe you're, you're where you are now, you're three and a half, four games out. And you say, well, we just don't have enough oomph to get there. But they were in it and they played their way out. Yeah. So Aaron Nola, next start will be against the lowly Washington Nationals later this week. Can you assure me that he's going to throw another gem, Bill? Well, I'm not going to assure you, but I'm going to I'm going to think that he's going to be solid down the stretch. They're going to need him down the stretch. And uh he's still their one or two. I mean, if they get to the playoffs, he's going to pitch one of those first couple games. They yeah. gotta have him. And, yeah, uh, and we'd also like to have Zach Wheeler back. Now, he was throwing yesterday. Uh, Sir Anthony throwing again and apparently had no problems at all. So, boy, it would be great to get both Zach Wheeler and Sir Anthony back and maybe even uh, Zach Eflin as a you know a bullpen piece over the next week or two. Yeah, and, and PJ makes this uh, comment here, Chet. We get Harper back and we lose our mojo. And there has been a little bit of that, you yeah. know, it seems. Uh, Harper Harper is struggling a little bit out of the shoot, you know. and uh, But – they're they're going to have to pick him up, and he's going to get hot again here before it's over. But boy, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. They how they about need that? Uh, what they scored a double where he popped one into shallow left field last night. Didn't run hard, which you know that that happens with major leaguers sometimes. He had to really scoot to get to second base. Just beat the throw from left field. Boy, that would have been disastrous if he was thrown out. At second. Oh my goodness! Especially because he didn't hustle. Yeah, you know, and he and he was not happy with himself about yeah. that. And, you know, here's another comment from, from big John, you know, I don't know that the Mets are tanking. I think the Mets are stinking. Um, and now Scherzer's know, on the IL, right. Scherzer's out. Um, the Braves are now before today or going into today are tied uh, with the Braves holding the tiebreaker there. It, it could get all mixed up who the Phillies are going to play. So the Phillies have to win their games and, um, you know, just let it, let it fall where where it does and be hot come playoff time. Yeah. I mean, the way it's looking, I think the Braves are going to win the East, which will drop the Mets to the wild card spot. 
and they may end up playing the Phillies in the first round, which would not be great. So, you know, it might be better, as we've discussed previously, for the Phillies to slip to the final wild card spot and end up playing the Central Division winner. But you can't try to, you know, You're lose right. games. So. You just right. got to keep winning and hope for the best. Well, and the real challenge, the real challenge right now for the Phillies is that they've still got, you know, three in Atlanta next weekend, four in Philly the next weekend against the Braves, seven games. Uh, they're going to have to fare well. Yeah. You want to show that you can compete with those guys. And then they have a, a series with Toronto in there also, who they did not fare so well against up in uh, Canada. Yeah, that, that's just a two-game set there, Yeah, um, you know, wrapped around a bunch of those bad teams. Everybody else is bad teams. They, they should, you know, they should win three out of four every series. Um, but that, that Braves two series, they're going to need to probably win four of those seven games to yeah. stay where they need to. Well, let's keep beating these bad teams in the meantime. You know, the Marlins. Well, we got our ace on the mound tonight, Bailey Falter, Bill. Bailey, hey, Bailey's a stopper, man. We can make fun of it, but he's getting the job done. He is. He's been one of the most consistent guys over the last several weeks. Yeah, absolutely. All right. (laughs) We will have plenty more Phillies to talk about as we go. But, hey, right now, Chet, let's talk about Allstate Insurance because there's a good chance that your couch is getting more mileage in your car. It's time to get saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go. Yeah, you know it, Bill. All states pay as you go. Auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay per mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay per mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that, of course, is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610 430 0700. Again, 610 430 0700 and start to save more now that you are driving less. Well, hey, Chet, uh, while we're taking a break, tell us what's going on over at the Irish Rover Station House. They're back from uh, their Labor Day hiatus. Let's let's see what's happening. Yeah, uh, all things are, you know, good over there. The weather's getting a little bit cooler, not a whole lot, but the Irish Rover's outside patio is still open. So that's great to see. And they got a couple of special events coming up, Bill. Um, one of them, well, September 17th, happens to be exactly six months from St. Patrick's Day. So, hey, why not celebrate that? The Rover will. The halfway to St. Patty's Day event will happen that whole weekend, the 17th and 18th, probably the 16th the night before as well. There will be loads of Irish fare, even more than usual, including Guinness, Jameson, and St. Patty's cocktail specials. And I will absolutely be there at some point that weekend. But in addition to that, make sure you have October 1st on your calendar. That's the day this great Irish bar and restaurant goes German. It's the Irish Rover's annual Oktoberfest celebration featuring great German food, some special beers, the annual beer stein hoisting competition, etc. 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, October 1st. I've been there a few times over the past several years, and it is always a blast. The Irish Rover is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. And check out their website. It is irishroverstationhouse.com. Hi, this is Ray Dinger, and it is always fun to talk sports with these two guys, Bill and Chet, on Philly Press Box Radio. We're with you, Ray Diddy. Hey, Chet, while you're at the Irish Rover on the 17th and the Penn State-Auburn game's on, look for me because uh, I'll be there. Yeah, you are going to be there, and you're going to have a blast, I'm sure. You're uh, making your way through the the great southeast over the next well, few days. Well, uh, and, yeah, I should say I am at the uh, Atlanta 
office of Philly Press Box Radio as we speak. <laughs> and uh, and I will be next week, too, but I got a little trip to Madison, Wisconsin in between where we're going to watch a little Iron Man as Mike Furman competes in his sixth uh, Iron Man competition. So uh, back at it. Remember, we had Mike on a few years ago talking yeah. about the Iron Man, and uh, it's great. So this is this is his sixth one, and uh, we're, we're ready to go. Good luck to Mike. All right. Well, hey, Chet, the fans have spoken. Our ninth annual Philly Press Box Radio Hall of Fame voting is complete. I think the fans got it right again. Well, you know, in all honesty, Bill, uh, it was really tough to pick and choose this year. A lot of great candidates. But in the end, our viewers and listeners went with one old school guy and one real good one from this century. We'll talk about that specifically in a minute. But how did we get here, Bill? Let's well, tell us. Well, to summarize it, the fans could pick up the five players on the 12-player ballot. Uh, they could also vote once per day. Top two vote-getters automatically are, are in with the fan vote. Then you're going to pick one, and I'm going to pick one, and I have no idea who you're picking, and you have no idea who I'm picking. So, That's right. So uh, that should be fun as we go. But, hey, here we go from the top to the bottom of the results, Chet. Uh, our, our new guys that we added – some did not fare so well. Number 12 and last was Eric Desjardins. Number 11 was Clyde Simmons. Number 10 was Ron Hextall. <laughs> and number nine, the guy who just never seems to get any support from our viewers. That would be Donovan McNabb holding down ninth place this year. Number eight, the former Philly, Darren Dalton. And number seven, a newbie to the uh, list of candidates this year, the late, great Jerome Brown. Yeah, McNabb and Dalton still hanging around at the bottom. It's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. Number six, Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins. Number five, Bob Boomer Brown. Number four, Gary Lee Maddox. And Maddox did get some uh, some votes, but was still a distance fourth behind uh, number three. Yeah, number three, just on the outside looking in with 12% of the votes, Chase Utley. And as you may recall, Chase was uh, a guy who was a real near miss exactly one year ago. So, again, he just misses the automatic inductees based on the fan voting. So, sorry, Chase. Yeah. Uh, Surprised me, actually, because our number two is new to our ballot. And I thought he would get a lot of support, but I didn't know that he would make it. Uh, uh, With 12.6% of the votes, David Akers David Akers is automatically in based on the fan voting. Yeah, and I got to be honest, I voted for David because he had a great career. He made a few, you know, Pro Bowls. He was Mr. Consistent as far as kickers for the Eagles. And even better the following year when he was with, I think, the 49ers. So uh, great career. So congrats to David Akers, a new member of our Philly Press Box Radio Hall of Fame. All right. Oh, I get to announce uh, the top vote getter, do I not? Yeah. Our leading vote-getter this year, Bill, was a guy that uh, I'm going to guess that you supported. He had 14.5% of the votes, and that would be that 1960s-era Philadelphia Philly, Johnny Callison. Yeah. Uh, let's say we have Akers, we have Callison. Uh, did the fans get it right? Um, my personal opinion is they got it right with David Akers. I'm not so sure with Callison. I'm I'm betting you voted for him, but you don't have to admit it. That's okay. He was a oh, very good <laughs> He was a very good player, Callison, but Hallworthy, I'm not so sure. So uh hey, Johnny Callison is in, so is David Akers. Congrats to them both. Yeah, I, I will say one thing about uh Callison in this group. 
um, I think he's very deserving. If we put him in some of the past groups, you know, that we've had, you know, he's probably not going to be ahead of a John LeClaire kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but with this group, I think he was very well deserving, and uh, I'd say the fans got it right. So that brings us to your turn, Chet. Who is your pick? I'm excited to hear this. Well, Bill, you know, I gave this a lot of thought. I saw how the voting was going, and I mean, in looking at the top two or three guys, in particular jo Johnny Callison, who I just talked about, you know, I know he was a favorite of a lot of people, including you, a decent hitter, 264 overall, 271 as a Philly, three all-star selections, but not an all-time great, but still, he's in our hall. Congrats to him. So the guy I've decided to put into our hall is, well, the guy who was the very best at his position all time. I'm talking about that guy who we just mentioned who never seemed to get a whole lot of support in the fan balloting, even no though he is way. the very best quarterback in Eagles history. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about Donovan McMahon, McNabb. It is time that Donovan goes into our Hall of Fame. Great career with the Eagles, including all of those trips to the NFC title game and, of course, that one Super Bowl defeat. So he is my selection. And matter of fact, Bill, uh, Donovan is very happy about his selection to our hall. His reaction? Number five will always love you. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Well, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Chet, you absolutely have shocked me. With that <laughs> you have shocked me. So here's what I'm going to do. Was he I'm, your pick too? No, but okay. I'm going to pass. <laughs> I'm not going to add one. What? No, I'm not going to add one because I was certain, I was certain you were taking Chase Utley or Jimmy Rollins. They were the two backup candidates for me and, in my mind, but I decided, you know what? McNabb deserves to be in there. He's been on the ballot longer, so I thought it was time he goes in. Well, and and what I was going to do, if you took Utley, I was taking Rollins. If you took <laughs> Rollins, I was taking Utley because they both deserve to go in together. Okay. One of them, to me, is not better than the other. It's, well, And I, I go back to the Baseball Hall of Fame to get off the Phillies for just a second. Alan Trammell is in the Baseball Hall of Fame as a shortstop, and Lou Whitaker gets absolutely no support. Yeah. There is no Alan Trammell without Lou Whitaker. There's no Jimmy Rollins without Chase Utley or vice versa. Um, so uh, you caught me off guard. I thought you were going to take one. I was going to take the other. So those were my two that I had lined up to go. I'm not, I don't have another one besides those two. So okay. and we're not going to put them both in because that's yeah. not what we're doing. We'll so remember for next year. I will pass. I will pass. How's that? Sounds good. All right. So our final class of 22 Philly Press Box Radio Hall of Fame, Johnny Callison, David Akers, and Donovan McNabb. Can he love us just one more time? That's a pretty good trio right there. Yeah, Donovan, we'll say hello one more time. Number five will always love you. Thank you. You're welcome, Donovan. You really shocked me. Shocked <laughs> me. And I don't get shocked very often. Let's hey, talk football. Hey, let's talk what Joe Howe says. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he's right about that. I there mean, you on. go. All right, let's <laughs> talk some guy. Eagles, Chet. You had a chance to visit with the legendary voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese, the other day. Merle's always excited about the team every year. I, I got a feeling he's going to be really excited this year. 
Merrill is indeed pumped, like you and me and most Eagles fans, in fact, and he's raring to go for yet another season behind the mic. You know, he just turned 80 years old last Friday, uh, but you certainly never know by looking at him or listening to him call a game. He's still got it for sure, and we had a real good chat about the season. Here it is. Another Eagles football season is upon us, and that means it's time for one of my favorite segments of the year, my annual season preview chat with the longtime voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, Merrill Reese. Hey, Merrill. Glad to be with you, Jim. Looking forward to a very, very exciting season. Yeah, Merrill, as you begin, I think it's your 46th season behind the mic. Congrats on 46. that. 46. Wow. You got it right. There is a lot of optimism about this year's Eagles team. A lot of so-called experts, in fact, predict the Birds will win the NFC East. How good is this 2022 squad? Huh. <laughs> I, I take a deep breath because I've been hearing this for, for quite a while, and I think they've done a very good job of shoring up some of the weak parts of the roster. And I think if we look at the NFC East objectively, I think they're the best team, as we say on paper, in the NFC East. We know that it's going to be a two-horse race, basically, between them and Dallas. But I think that the Eagles have, have bolstered their team to quite a degree. And I think at the same time, the Cowboys are a little bit depleted. I mean, one of the great strengths of the Cowboys last year was the passing game with the uh, trio of receivers that they had with uh, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Cedric Wilson. And now Amari Cooper is a Cleveland Brown. Cedric Wilson is a Miami Dolphin. So they're left with C.D. Lamb, who's good, but he can be double-covered. Uh, their tight ends are nothing to rave about. I think their defense is very good, led by Micah Parsons, who had just a spectacular rookie year fact, I think he was the defensive rookie of the year in the league. But I, I just think that overall, when you look at the strengths of this Eagles team, it just, to me, looks like an overall stronger roster than the Dallas Cowboys. But as you know, the NFL is a war of attrition. And I say to people, if you can tell me what the rosters will be like when the Eagles and the Cowboys meet on December 24th, I'd have a much better idea of their records. Yeah, a lot of talent this year for the Eagles, for sure. Much of the team's success or failure, of course, will come down to the performance of the quarterback. Are you confident Jalen Hurts, with so many new weapons around him, will take a big step forward? Yes. See, I, I didn't waver on that, did I? Not I gave all. you a quick yes, and I am confident because I think he's talented. I think he's dedicated. I think he's a leader. His teammates believe in him. And I think that when you look at the fact that last year he took steps forward, and he's only he's really only started 20 games. So he's basically going into his second year as a starter. And I think that there will be some great growth this season. I think he's I think he's done a lot in the offseason to make himself better. The question that that we hear so often brought up uh, is about his arm talent. Let me tell you something. This guy has an arm. He's got a great arm. He's been measured by computer to have an arm in the top 15% of the starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. So there is nothing wrong with that arm. He has to improve his decision-making, his ability to read the defense quickly and react, things that young quarterbacks often have to do. I mean, people forget that Aaron Rodgers, who is maybe the best in the National Football League, of course, you have to, you have to throw Patrick Mahomes in there also, but, and of course, Tom Brady's still around, too, at the age of 87 or whatever he is. But 
when you when you look at uh, somebody like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers sat on the Green Bay bench in 2005, six and seven before Brett Favre departed and he took the reins. There's a lot of learning that went on in those three years. Drew Brees, who will be in the Hall of Fame in three or four more years, Drew Brees was okay, but he certainly didn't set the world on fire. Otherwise, San Diego never would have let him go. And uh, he was a free agent. He went to New Orleans. Miami turned him down on a physical, and he ended up with the Saints. And there he linked up with Sean Payton and put together a Hall of Fame career. But it took time. It wasn't overnight. Everybody is excited about the addition of A.J. Brown and even how he's going to help the fortunes of guys like Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Zach Pascal. Now, we really didn't see much of A.J. Brown in the preseason. I know how you feel about preseason games, but how good is he? What's he going to bring to the team? Everything. He's an elite receiver. He, uh, I've heard people say he's the best receiver the Eagles have had since T.O. Well, T.O. was, aside from all of his problems, T.O. was a great, great talent. And I'm not sure that I can put A.J. Brown in that category uh, at, you know, with the limited exposure that we've had. But I think that he's a great, great talent, and he could be one of the great Eagles wide receivers that we've ever come across. He's that talented. As for the defense, while the overall statistics you know, weren't terribly bad last year, they really had trouble getting to the quarterback. Just 29 sacks the entire season. So with the additions of guys like Hassan Reddick and Jordan Davis, the return of Brandon Graham, who seems healthy, plus some actual linebackers for a change, will they be better at putting pressure on the quarterbacks? Sure, should be. Absolutely should be. I love Jordan Davis. I think he's just going to get better and better. And he's the guy who will crush the pocket and set up the, the quarterback for the, the edge rushers uh, like Hassan Reddick and, and Josh Sled. I think Fletcher Cox will be coming in and out of the lineup, and he'll be fresh. And he looks like he, he can't wait to get started. Brandon Graham is back, and he is healthy. You talked about the linebackers. I think as the season goes on, you're going to see more and more of Nicobe Dean, who is bright, and he is a great talent. And Kaiser White looks like a great acquisition. Yeah, I agree. I'm really looking forward to seeing what this defense can do this year. Hey, we're all pretty bullish about the upcoming season, but there are no guarantees, certainly. What's your biggest area of concern, Merrill? Mm. That, that, that's a good question. Uh, my, my biggest area of concern is always injury. If, now, I say that knowing that this is a deep team. I mean, this is the best this is the best or one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League. And I think that the second five, the backup unit, is probably better than some teams starting five. So I think, I think they do have some depth. But uh, in terms of concern, there's no one area. that I, See, that's the great thing. They have, they have identified their problem areas. They have identified their needs. And they have filled them. At least on paper, they have filled them. I mean, the pick, the uh, pickup the other day of Chauncey Gardner Johnson as a safety—that was the last area that you you wondered about. And now even that is deep. Marcus Epps has had a very very good preseason. So I think all areas are covered right now. You just have to hope that they stay healthy, that they uh, continue to progress. But I'm not worried about Jalen Hurts. I'm not worried about any one segment of this roster. But you know what? 
you could go into a season feeling really good about a department, and then you get three or four injuries in that same department, and all of a sudden you're you're hunting for people to pick up. I've seen it happen before. I have, you remember a couple of years ago where they they went in and all of a sudden they were bringing in all kinds of guys that you'd never heard of to play the secondary. They were just trying to find some people to put back there. I, I do remember. Well, from talking with you over the years, Merrill, I know that your least favorite road stadium would have to be FedEx Field in suburban Washington, D.C. But I have a hunch that this year's Week 3 game down there is going to be a whole lot of fun. The quarterback is, well, you know who, and there will be several thousand Eagles fans making the trip down there to say hello to him. You looking forward to that one? I am. I I look forward to every game. You know, I I hate to sound like a coach, but – a coach would tell you I only take it one game at a time. And right now the team that I'm thinking about is the Detroit Lions now that we're through the preseason. And I've watched hard knocks. And let me tell you something. That team is really getting ready from a physical standpoint. They ought to be coming rushing out of the gates because they, they've played football all summer, which is not the way a lot of teams do it these days. You know, you can, you can make a case for coming into a season healthy, and you could also make a case for coming into a season in top football physical form. And that's where they are. The Lions have a lot to offer, believe me. Their top draft is Aiden Hutchinson. Just Now, look, I, I loved him at the University of Michigan. I thought he was great then. I thought he was the best player of the whole draft. And then after watching him on hard knocks, he is a beast. I mean, he is an absolute beast. And I think playing in Detroit... Everyone says, well, they, they're lucky. They get off to a start against a bad team. Lions are not a bad team. In fact, I read a lot of the preseason publications and uh, prognostications. And there are a lot of people picking the Lions second behind Green Bay in the, in the NFC North. So it, it is not going to be an easy opener. Yeah, take nobody for granted, that's for sure. Finally, Merrill, I'm thinking that you and I can do this little preseason chat for several years to come because back in March, you signed a three-year contract. Congratulations on that. Do you remember what you told Angelo Catali on WIP about him asking you if you might want to follow him in her retirement? Do you remember what you said? Oh, I'm no way. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I, they're going to have to remove me with a crane. That's how much I love it. <laughs> You are the best, Merrill. Thank you very much for doing this for an eighth straight season here on Philly Press Box Radio. Always great to get your insight. Have a terrific season. My pleasure, Jim, and and let's hope that all the good things come together and we have a season that we can all be very, very excited about. Well, as always, good stuff. And uh, I tell you what, Chet, we're going to get to our picks a little bit later on, but uh, I'm as excited as Merrill, and that that's pretty unusual. Yeah, Merrill is uh, really upbeat about this team as well. He should be. He said it's a great roster. He said it's the most talented wide receiver uh, crew that they've ever had uh, during his time there because, you know, he mentions T.O., but you really didn't have anybody great with him. You had Harold Carmichael and Mike Quick, but Carmichael was at the end of his career. Quick was at the very beginning. So this, he said this is the best tandem of wide receivers that they've ever had, and he's excited about this season. So am I. Yep, me too. Hey, uh, one thing I will say that Merle mentioned is hard knocks. Uh, yeah. You know, it's been on for 18 years, yeah. and uh, I have never watched it until this really? year. I've watched and, it a few times. I didn't watch it this year. Do you watch this year? Though? I have. I've watched every episode, and it's really, really good. 
Yeah. So for anybody that wants to watch what goes on behind the scenes, check it out. Uh, HBO Max or whatever it yeah, is. But, all, all the uh, HBOs. Just be sure you're not watching it with your kids or your mother because yeah. they might not really <laughs> appreciate language. the language. But, Definitely. but it's, uh, it is a really good show. Hey, Bill, we are four days away. There's Jake Elliott, four days away from the Eagles season opener. So let's get into it. Let's go. Let's welcome our second guest from Betters Insiders. Boop. Bob Patron Jr. Boop, welcome back. Looking forward to some 2022 NFL insight. Sure, let's go. Let's have at it. Ah, uh, look at Boop, man. He is ready to go. He loves this time of year. <sighs> so, uh, Boop, before we talk uh, Eagles, I want to get one quick comment from you about the Phillies. Um, um, they are, as we speak, you know, in the second wild card spot by percentage points over San Diego. Three and a half games ahead of the Brewers, who are just stinking it up lately. They lost last night, blew a lead, lost again today. They so lose again twice yeah. tomorrow. Should we buy our postseason tickets for the Phillies now? Sheriff, guarantee, put it down. Except you don't have a home game, so you can't buy right. them. Right. But, yeah, they're, they're going to make it. If they don't make it, it's going to be a problem. The problem is they're going to have to get to it before the last nine days of the season because they go on the road, and the Padres and Brewers are both home. And, sure, you can make up that that time, but I don't want to – and Houston's not going to have anything to play before that last weekend probably, but I, I, I want to have it nailed down before then. They play well on the road most of the year, but – I don't want to put my eggs in the basket in a basket in that last weekend. I hear you. Well, hey, before, before before we're through, we're going to pick our NFC East games like we did last year and give our final prediction. But uh, you, you were kind of in the background listening to Merle. Uh, are you excited about this Eagles bunch as mo- as he is? And uh, I am too, kind of. I am. I've always said that the most important position in football is the offensive line. Um, the, the Chiefs proved that a couple of Super Bowls ago when their top two guys were out and they couldn't score against Tampa Bay. They have as good an offensive line, offensive line 10 now as you can have, and that's important, uh, you know, especially because I'm not entirely thrilled with the backup quarterback. Um, he's a fine quarterback, but the style doesn't quite fit. And so I want – Allen Hurts is going to have to be there most of the year. I don't want him running 139 times again. But I want him on the field all 17 games. So why, that's why the offensive line is the most important thing to me. The other little thing to look about is Avante was about to become a superstar, and now they've got another superstar wide receiver. And those of us in the know go back to the beginnest Irving days when you just don't have enough balls sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping those guys can get through that, that the guy that doesn't get gets two targets a game isn't real upset that the other guy got eight as long as they win. We'll see how that plays out. Well, two things. Bill just became your best friend when you said the offensive line is so important because he loves to talk about the offensive line. He's going to talk about it later. (laughs) And secondly, um, yeah, you're right about, you know, are there enough balls to go around? Because not only do you have Smith and Brown, you got the tight end, Dallas Goddard, who I think is, you know, a guy that could get 70 to 90 catches this year. So, boy, I I hope they have the ball quite often because they're going to want to spread it around and it could be an exciting year. Yeah, got a lot of overs on them. Ah. Yeah. So, Boop, how do you like the, the defensive uh, personnel now? They, you know, they strengthened that front seven incredibly. And then late here, they've turned around and then uh, improved the back end as well. Yeah, he never, Rossman never stopped working in the offseason, which you got to admire. Um, I really, I'm a, not a big college football guy. I got to admire they went out and got two pretty good defensive players from the national champion, yeah. who was a real good team to watch. 
A lot of people didn't expect him to win that title game. I like the pedigree that they're coming in with that. Uh, the lineman's going to have a pretty much an immediate impact. The linebacker's going to take a little bit, but I'm looking at a game in November and December where they're going might just be the two best defensive players on the field, um, and that's something to look forward to. So um, they did real good perking up the defense where they needed to, and like I said, they never stopped doing it. They did it throughout the summer right up into the fall. Let's get to those and picks, Bill. a captain helps also. That was also important. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah. there's a locker room aspect in sports these days that's as prevalent as there's been in 100 years, and things like that do help not only the guy you name, but the people around them. That's right. Well, hey, let's get to our NFC East picks, Boop. Uh, you can throw your, your tidbits in as we go. We'll go game by game. We're going to start oh, with Jacksonville. I'm sorry. Tidbits. <laughs> Jacksonville at Washington. The, comm- the commies. We're going with the commies minus two and a half. I think they deserve it, Chet. I think Jacksonville's going to be one of the surprise teams of the year. Um, you know, they've been they drafted two first rounders each of the last three years. They had a bunch of single digit first round picks before that. At some point, they got to stop winning three games a year. Um, this is one of those years. Um, and, you know, I would get on the Jacksonville bandwagon early and often, as I may talk about later in my prop bets. Wow. Uh, this was the toughest game for me to pick. You went with Jacksonville officially, I guess. Uh, I just decided to go with the home team. And I don't know if I should root for Carson Wentz or not, but I think he's going to have a decent game one. And I'm taking the commanders to win the opener. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go Jacksonville. And it has nothing to do with Carson Wentz. I just, I'm kind of on Hoops wagon here. I, I think Jacksonville's going to get better. I think Doug Peterson's going to do a good job with Trevor Lawrence down there. I think it's going to be a big year of improvement for Lawrence. Nothing against Wentz, just not enough weapons down there in Washington yet. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, Giants at Tennessee to face the Titans. The Titans are minus five and a half. Boo. Giants haven't been ahead at the end of 60 minutes in a road game since December of 2020. So oh, no. anytime they hit the road – I don't care if they're playing Georgia State. Take the other team. This was the easiest one for me, too. Yeah, Tennessee easily. I would probably take the uh, uh, the line also the, going uh, against the Giants with the spread. Tennessee, I think, is going to win by at least a touchdown. Yeah, I'm going Tennessee as well. Derek Henry going to just run the football. Yep. Tampa Bay at Dallas on Sunday night. The Bucks minus two and a half. This, this, this could be a good game. It could be, but I got a little Tom Brady tidbit for you. He has lost four week one games. He has not played in two week one games. All six of those teams went to a Super Bowl. How's that for a pretty odd stat? Yeah, that ain't happening this year. Yeah. So, so anyhow, that's so, um, yeah, Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. Someone's going to have to pay for um, him having to pay some alimony. So you like Tom Brady? Yes. All right. Um, You know, I would not be shocked if Dallas won this one. They're at home. We know that, uh, you know, Brady sometimes does struggle in the opener. But, yeah, I got to go with the Bucs also in this one. Yeah, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Boop on this one also. And and Boop, Giselle is going to pay Tom alimony. She (laughs) makes more money than he does. Yeah, yeah. But – no, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay just because I'm not picking Dallas in the opener. Dallas has got to prove to me that they're better than they were. And I, I was going to ask you this, Boop, when we earlier, but I didn't get to it. Um, do, do you see improvement 
quickly from any of the three before we get to our Eagles pick. Are there any of these other three teams have made improvements like the Eagles have made? I, I still am a Carson Wentz believer. You know, I know he's been through a lot and stuff. He could make Washington a little bit better. They had flashes last year and the year before. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up being a little bit better team than I thought. Dallas seems to just be getting nicked up a little bit earlier than most good teams do. Um, and the Giants, I just, I've seen nothing from them in a year and a half, and I don't expect to see any from there. Mm-hmm. So maybe All right. Okay, last up, Eagles versus Detroit. Um, let, let's go with minus four. I've seen anything from no line to minus four. Uh, what's up with that? They're gonna. It's gonna be an offensive fest as always. The last seven games they've had with the Lions have been over. Some of them by a humongous amount. So my betting is is obviously the over. Um, Eagles are gonna get a lead. Uh, the Lions are not the zero and seventeen Lions or whatever we had a couple years ago. But they're not in the Eagles uh, league yet. They probably weren't in the Eagles league last year. And the Eagles have gotten more better than the Lions have gotten more better. Does that make sense? More yes. better. Come on. Yes, We're better bet. <laughs> uh, all right. You're taking the Eagles and the over. I don't know why, but I think this is going to be a closer game than a lot of people think. I think it's going to be close to the spread. Um, the fact that it's only a four-point line kind of scares me a little bit. In fact, I'm, if I have to pick a score, I'm going to take Eagles 24, Lions 20. Eagles blew them out last year, and I think Detroit wants a little bit of revenge. They're not quite good enough, so I'm taking the Eagles 24-20. I'm taking the Eagles. I'm going to go 31-14. Uh, I feel like the Eagles are going to be really strong, and we'll see how it goes. Do you need a score for me? Go ahead. Yeah, what do you got? 31-10. 31-10? Yeah. Isn't, didn't you say to take the over? What's the over-under? Oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, you never, never mind. I just made up. I get <laughs> that last part out. Okay. Put, yes. more, put that, get that. The, uh, the McNabb thing over there again. 31-17, you meant to say. Exactly, yes. There you go. <laughs> I'll be betting overs up into the 60s anyhow, so it doesn't okay. matter. All right. Any good prop bets for us before we get to our season prediction? Yeah, I got a couple of NFL things I came across. Um, the last undefeated team you can bet, what, Caesars? Both the Chiefs and the Eagles, my two teams, are 15-1 to 1, uh, to be the last undefeated team. Um, so I had $14 lying around. I threw five on the Eagles and nine on Kansas City. Um, the Buccaneers are the odds-on favorite at six and a half to one in that. Um, but I bet the two teams I'm rooting for. Um, the um, one of the things I mentioned about Jacksonville is them getting better. There are at least two sites I go to, Caesars and DraftKings, where you can bet any game up into week 15. Yeah. And I went through and I bet Jacksonville on almost all the games at the odds they are now because, say for instance. They've got the Colts October 16th. They're plus seven and a half. If Jacksonville's a little bit better and the Colts aren't quite as good, that line's going to go down to three and a half, four, two, somewhere. I'm getting them at seven and a half. Uh, so you can you can bet games up to and including week 16 of the season on at least a couple sites. And if you've got a team you think is going to outperform or underperform, go get some of those early lines before they move. How about Jalen Hurts over under rushing yards? Yeah, I'm not much on the rushing yards. The two things his numbers are going to concern me are his rushing attempts and the rushing touchdowns. They can't. I don't want him scoring ten touchdowns. I don't want him getting to the being targeted by the defense to stop him at the goal line ten times. Um, So I'd rather 
Some of those touchdowns go to the guy that didn't score last year, Miles Sanders. Um, so he is listed, Hertz is listed as over under rushing touchdowns at seven and a half. Under is minus 126 and the over is minus 102. I'm going to bet the under for my heart's sake, but I think it's better for the team. Um, if he gets anywhere near 10, every time he gets to the near goal line, I'm going to be holding my breath. And again, Sanders, two, uh, 100 and whatever it was, 37 touches last year and no touchdowns. They can't win if that happens again. He needs, he's 25, Miles Sanders. He's been here six years, it seems like. <laughs> Give him a touchdown. And injured like every fourth game. Well, it seems. He's got this run of 12 games. So, you know, so he's fresh. Let's put it that way. He's fresh. There you go. There you go. All right, let's get to our season predictions for the Birds. Boop, you're up first. I want to say 11 and 5, even though I know they play 17 games anymore. Well, you you can't say 11 and 5. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, again, the, the division's not that good. So let's say they go 5 and 1 in the division. At 6 and 5 outside the division, that's easy. They're, they're 11, 12, 17 games. See, you know, they're a 12, 11, 12 win team at least. Um, and Give me a number. Come on, Boop. Don't don't hedge. Twelve and five. Twelve and five. Oh, so that's seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. That's five. it. You passed math. Okay. Uh, I heard Ray Dinger say a couple of uh, days ago on the NFL, or that the NFL Network folks actually think a lot of them that the birds will make it to the Super Bowl, and WIP's Jody Mack has them going to the Super Bowl too, losing, believe it or not, to the Dolphins. I don't know about that. Guys, I've thought about this quite a lot over the last few weeks, and I keep going back to 10, 11, or 12 wins. Most of the time, though, I end up on 11, so that's going to be my prediction. 11 and 6 and the NFC East title, and then who knows? Well, I'm going to tell you, it, it almost – Boop and I have not spoken in eight months since we were on here last time. Yeah. Uh, I'm going 12 and 5. Mm. I'm going with them losing one division game. I'm also going to say there are other – Tough ones at Arizona, at Indianapolis, Green Bay at home, Tennessee at home, and one of the division games. They're they're the five tough ones. Steelers have no new quarterback, no quarterback, whatever that is. The Bears come in. They're no good. Um, you know, they win five in their, their division. I'm going 12 and five. And the other thing, uh, and Merle mentioned this, and, and so did Boop, actually, um, the fact that they can go 10 deep on the offensive line, if they do get nicked up, they got replacements. It's not like they're going to fall apart if they lose a guy. I think this team is just going to be strong. And, uh, you know, there's always that letdown game somewhere along the line. It'll probably happen. But uh, I'm thinking 12-5. and five, And going to the Super Bowl is not out of the question in my mind. And, and I am not a homer. You know that. Oh, I agree. I, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um I, I bet them to win the division. I also bet them on the over, which was nine and a half. I didn't get it when it was eight and a half, but uh, I got it at nine and a half and I went over. So, Boop, you like my chances over I nine like and a half? Yes, nice job to jump on that when you did. Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens. All right. One other quick prop bet for you. Yep. Uh, since you're talking here, the Chiefs, my other team, the Chiefs, have won seven straight opening days. Uh, they've gone over in all seven. And Andy Reid, in fact, is 12-2 and two in his last um, 14 opening days. <clears throat> Pardon me, 8-0 and oh on the road. Andy Reid hasn't lost a week one game on the road since 2007. Wow. All right, hey, I'm Boop. putting that money out, Boop. Hey, Boop, who put together the Chiefs' schedule? <laughs> it's brutal. 
me, me and Eddie Gottlieb did it on napkin at Horn and Hornets <laughs> 50 years ago. Brutal <laughs> schedule. Yeah, well, you know, it won't matter. They're going to go 15 and 2. 15 and 2. Sure. Ooh. Wow. He's a bit of a homer with the Chiefs. A little bit. I would say. I would say. Yeah. All right. I, grabbed, I thought I grabbed my Chiefs shirt when I was upstairs, and it was my, and I didn't like going up and getting the Chiefs. <laughs> So, Boop, are you going to be uh, joining us every week? What do we got going on this year? Yeah, I can be a pain in your butt for every week for the next 18 weeks, sure. Uh, no um, problem. We'll work it out. Some weeks you'll just uh, give us some picks. Other weeks you'll come on and, you know, do a quick hit with us. We'll figure it out. Yeah, Pony Express, you know, Morse code, something. We'll figure Sounds it out. Good. All right. Keep it going over there at Spitz, too. Splits. <laughs> I will see you at Splits, Boop. I'm going to come Split. down and visit you. Sounds good. Love to have you, Chet. All right. All right. You're there. My wife's there. That's so you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Boop. As always, we appreciate it. Let's do it again. Good to see you, gentlemen. All Thanks. right. Hey, Chad, let's give a shout out to all the shows at the Edge Philly Sports Network this week. As usual, wall to wall coverage. The network continues to grow. Catch all the action at www.eopsports.com, as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can find this show on Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel as well. Hit those subscribe, follow, and like buttons. We need them. And share with your family and friends. Yeah, we had a nice little splurge in our uh, subscribers on YouTube, and then it kind of stalled out again over the past few days. So let's get to it. YouTube channel, Philly Press Box Radio. And we've got a bunch of new viewers and listeners over the last few weeks, which is nice to see. So make sure you do subscribe. And uh, follow us in all the appropriate places. We're happy to have you with us. That's right. Well, hey, Chet, great guest tonight in Merle Reese and Boop, Bob the Troll Trigger. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next weekend? Yes, uh, we have a schedule change for next week because you're yes. busy running the Yeah, you know, I got things to do on Wednesday. So uh, next week, Bill, uh, sorry to say to our, all of our wonderful viewers and listeners, you'll have to wait another day to see us next week for this top shelf show. We will come your way next Thursday, the 15th, and we'll do so at an hour earlier, 6 p.m., right during dinner time. Um, we will be here Thursday at 6 p.m., and we will have with us this guy. He is an Eagles reporter these days with the 33rdteam.com. That, of course, is Paul Domowich. A real good website, by the way, if you're a football fan, the 33rdteam.com. And you know that Damo is terrific. He's been with us many times, and we look forward to having him back next week, Thursday at 6 p.m. Mark your calendars. Yeah, uh, Damo's been writing some really good stuff. I've been checking it yeah. out. Really good stuff. Yep. All right. Looking forward to that. So just one one next week. I think just one next week, and then we'll talk also uh, Phillies and whatever else we can get to. And then as the baseball season you know, moves closer to its – wrapping up point we'll have to talk both phillies and eagles every week so maybe we'll have a phillies and an eagles guest every week all right sounds good we got it going on yeah. well let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the ppcc 118 Raz room they post great sports memorabilia on their facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to all items come with certificates of authenticity they continue to run out great Autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118 Razroom. That's right. PPCC118 Razroom on Facebook. 
And hey, Bill, I wanted to take a minute to tell our viewers and listeners about Philly Sports Trips because, you know, I love those guys. And they have all sorts of great trips for Eagles fans, all the road games, plus they'll be doing tailgates for most or all of the home games as well down by the Navy Yard. Um, They have a visit to Wrigley Field during the final week of the Phillies baseball season, plus an October Flyers hockey trip to Nashville, Music City, October 22nd through the 25th when the Eagles happen to be off. It is their bye week. Get all the details on their website, phillysportstrips.com. They are terrific, do a great job with all those trips. Yeah, and I, I need to get with them myself, Chet, because as you know, I will be going to the Indianapolis game on uh, November 20th, but I won't be going, obviously, from Philly. I'll be coming from Florida to Indianapolis, but uh, yep. we uh, I, I hope to hook up with those guys, at least for the tailgate portion, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun with that. I'm sure they'll take care of you. Vince and Bob and those guys run a, you know, a, a great operation, and I'm sure they'd be happy to have you. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Parting shot for you tonight. We're actually a minute ahead of time. You got anything else you want to talk about? We got an extra minute. Um, you know what? Uh, no. Organized. Oh, Organized. Penn State. What did you think about the Nittany Lions opening night win? There were some highs. There were some lows. Ooh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm glad we got to talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, as I watched the game, I thought Sean Clifford was really struggling. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, he throws four touchdown passes runs for one, is Big Ten player of the week. Um, you know, I mean, what can you say? It, it was a good win. It was a hostile environment out there at Purdue, and uh, Penn State did what it took to get the job done, and that's uh, better to be 1-0 than 0-1 in talking about these things. Yeah, I didn't know he was the Big Ten player of the week. He he did struggle early on, but, I mean, on that final drive, he was terrific. Purdue probably helped him out by not running the ball enough in the fourth quarter. But, hey, we'll we'll take that. So, hey, 1-0 is a whole lot better than 0-1. That's right. Purdue, you're absolutely right. Purdue mismanaged the clock. They had two opportunities to make plays to put that game away and couldn't do it in both cases. And uh, they, they certainly mismanaged the clock. But uh, Penn State also took advantage of it when they did it. So uh, a big win for them. And uh, – Hey, the other thing, how about the Temple Owls? They, uh, you know, are hoping for a fresh start out there, and uh, they end up getting beat 30 nothing in their opener. That's not a good start, but uh, hopefully the Owls can get this thing going. Well, I think they have powerhouse uh, Lafayette on the schedule this weekend, so well, get back on track. Hey, one other thing, Bill. Uh, I noticed this morning that uh, we lost this guy the other day, Monday. Longtime Eagles center back in the 70s and early 80s. He was a center bowl for the – the center for that Dick Vermeil Super Bowl. Guy Morris passed away at the age of 71 due to complications from Alzheimer's. And, you know, he had a long NFL career and then coached, of course, with both Baylor and Kentucky. And he left us way too young, the age of 71 on Monday. Yeah, what a what a fine player he was. Hey, one other thing on college football, Chet. Did you happen to, you know, you're not the big college guy. Did you happen to watch the Florida State LSU at least the ending of that game. I did not. I, I read about it. I didn't actually even see what that was the blocked uh, point after. Blocked point after. Yeah, I read about it. Didn't actually see it happen though. But do you do you know the like five or six plays that led up to that? No, I do not. Okay, so I'll do it as quickly as I can. Florida State is winning by a touchdown. They punt to LSU with uh, three minutes to go. Whatever it was, LSU muffs the punt. Florida State recovers at like the eight-yard line. 
they, they're going to go in and score to win it. They go ahead by two touchdowns. The announcer is saying, let them score. Let them score. You can't win without the ball. You got to get the ball back. Yeah. Let them score. Well, Florida State runs two plays, and they're at the one. Now there's a minute and 30 left. They run a pitch, and they fumble at the <laughs> one-yard line. At the one-yard line, and LSU recovers with like a minute 20 to go, no timeouts, then drive down the field. Wow. They score with one second to go. <laughs> Or don't no, they score they they are out of bounds at the one with one second to go. They review it and the guy actually his knee was down. But they since they stopped the clock to review it, they get another play. The game would have ended. There was no timeouts. Hmm. So they throw the touchdown pass with no time on the clock to make it a one point game and then get the extra point blocked. Oh man. It was a cool to watch that. It was a crazy three minutes of football like you've never seen before. <laughs> so, All right. Parting shot time? I have no parting shot. Do you? All right. I do. Just a couple of quick odds and ends. Bill, I've been watching some of the U.S. Open tennis action, and there have been some great matches, but they're now moving into the semifinals, and I'm just wondering how much interest there is now that Serena Williams is gone, Coco Goff has been eliminated, Rafael Nadal as well. Uh, of course, Federer and Djokovic aren't even there. Record tennis ratings last Friday on ESPN when Serena played her final match. She lost, you know. Most of the men and women remaining aren't exactly household names, but today American Francis Tiafo, who's upset Nadal Monday night, he's a 24-year-old from Hyattsville, Maryland, won again to move into the semifinals, and he's developing quite a following. So keep an eye on him, Francis Tiafo. Bill, back in the 1970s, this lady was, well, something of a favorite of mine. I don't know why, but her name is Carol Wayne. Uh, she always played the dumb blonde in sitcoms, and most notably her more than 100 appearances as the matinee lady with Johnny Carson on his Art Ferns Tea Time movie sketches. Yeah, I wonder why I liked her so much. Uh, Carol <laughs> Wayne would have turned 80 on Tuesday. Sadly, she died in some sort of drowning accident at the young age of 42 in 1985. But if you ever get the chance, if you haven't seen it, check out the Tea Time movie sketches. They are available on YouTube. And finally, Bill, it is... Where did that come from? I, Where did that come from? I just from? found out that it was her birthday yesterday. <laughs> she would have been 80. So I thought, hey, she's bringing back some memories for me. Okay. And today is National Beer Lovers Day. Yes, there are like 15 or 20 beer days during the course of the year this is another one national beer lovers day i'm drinking a new one tonight from kintnersville pennsylvania kintner weizen hefeweizen ale and it's not bad i was actually going to do a full random chat segment about this very important pseudo holiday but we had such a jam-packed show i decided to scrap it but i'm going to warn you expect a little beer segment next week bill okay <laughs> sounds good wrap it up all right. We'd like to thank tonight's special guest, Merrill Reese and Bob, Bob Vitrone Jr., our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's Like Your Age.com, PPCC 118, Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Thursday, mm -hmm. September 15th at 6 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Go Phils, go Birds.